Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Spoopies. Uh, are for podcasting. On Wednesdays. <laughs> yes. I just, any time I can throw in a spoopy. You gotta throw in the spoopy. Gotta throw in a spoopy. Spoopy. Spoopies. Happy spookies. <laughs> It's Wednesdays, guys. So loving it. Of course, you guys know today is a very special movie review episode on Color Out of Space, which it seems like everyone has been really excited about this to hear our take on this film. I am really excited about doing this. Very. But of course, you know, before we get into the episode, we have to talk to Becky about our sponsor. Calm your body down. So, guys, um, I have gotten some new followers. Thank you so much on the Instagram page. I wonder if um, the thing I post helps. You know, I'm wondering that if that's actually be, boosting you a bit. That would really be I I'd be curious to know, but I I think so, honestly. And I very much appreciate that because um there are going to be some new things coming soon. There's going to be some uh new bath bomb scents coming. So, um, everything I've been trying to post as much as possible on Instagram as of late, um, just trying to get as much traffic out there. So again, thank you to everybody. Keep checking back. Those are going to be coming in the next couple weeks. Um, so again, everything is on Etsy search, calm your body down. Otherwise the link is in the bio on the Instagram at CRBD. Any other information is on the website. Um, otherwise, thank you. Guys, that's all I got. Calm your body down. Color out of space, my dudes. You know, this was the second time I watched this movie. This was Becky's first time that she had seen it. And the second time was... It's not that I didn't like it the first time. I actually loved it. But I'm telling you, I fell so much more in love. Sometimes I just need a second viewing to really appreciate it. Because the first time I watched this movie, I was like... What the fuck? Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So I had uh I had some familiarity with this movie, um, as I'm sure some or most of you did if you if any of you out there are an HP Lovecraft fan. This is adapted from HP Lovecraft short story, The Color Out of Space. So uh I was very well familiar with that story. Um, so I tread light, I treaded lightly because, um, even though I was ecstatic by who the director was, um, and the screenplay writer was as well, Richard Stanley, and then of course, Nicolas Cage being in it, I was like, okay, there has never actually been a proper Lovecraft adaptation. Um, and we'll also get into the fact that there actually have been some sort of, some, some, there's been two in particular movies that have been loosely based on Color Out of Space that have come out in the past, but none, there have never actually been, and there's, you know, we've talked about them on here too. There have been some loose, uh, not so much adaptations, but like movies that have been inspired by of Lovecraft. Uh, I mean, John Carpenter. Right. If you're John, In the Mouth of Madness, good God. Like, I, I finally watched that with my husband the other day because he's been on an H.P. Lovecraft kick as of late with audiobooks. Um, and he he really liked it. And 
I'm telling you, it's one like of those. I feel like In the Mouth of Madness is very underrated. It is so underrated. And it's one of those, it's one of those where it's like when you have a Quentin Tarantino movie that not many people know of and you like test people with it. I feel like that's the one you test people with, with their Carpenter. Like if you really love John Carpenter, like have you seen They Live? Have you seen In the Mouth of Madness? Have you seen Prince of Dark? Like if they've just oh God, seen if they've just seen Halloween or they've just seen you know what I mean like not saying those aren't good movies but it's like eh are you really a John Carpenter fan or do you just like Halloween Oh my God I love Evanescence What's your favorite song Green Meter Life or My Immortal Nope Neither Actually it's Imaginary What's that song Never mind <laughs> Like never mind You never Oh look I'm <laughs> I'm such a fucking comedy snob as much as I am a horror snob. Oh my Did god, you hear I love that? I'm Whistled. sorry, my my nose whistled. Whistle while you twerk. Okay, I'm sorry. This is me old as fuck over that here. That was great. <laughs> old as fuck over here. That that's like uh people go, oh my god, I love comedy. And I'm like, oh, okay, who's your favorite comic? Jeff Foxworthy. Bye. Get out of my face. I'm not even big into comedy get, and that's not my favorite comedian. Literally get out of my face. I don't even know who I don't I like, sit and think about that. I would even accept like a Steve Harvey or whatever, but like literally get out of my face. Like I if, like what's his name a if lot. You, uh, who? Oh, he was just in the Mandalorian. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. That's one. I absolutely fucking love him. Y'all. Me and Mr. Bill Burr. Anybody out there that's a comedy fan, we go way back. I love that man. But yeah, I'm a I'm I'm as much of a comedy snob as I am a horror snob. So like don't come at me if you say like, oh, I love such and such. I'll be like, what's your favorite? And they're like, yeah, and I'll be like, nope, wrong answer. Try again later. On our bonus round. Terror <laughs> does not compute. So there have been um also, also what's what's another oh uh Underworld. There's another definitely underwater inspired, or underwater, 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 not underworld. Jesus, oh, no, vampires, like... vampires. <laughs> underwater, underwater. Cthulhu, definitely Lovecraft inspired. So there, there have been many that have been Cthulhu. inspired by Lovecraft, but never actual true adaptations of Lovecraft work. So I would also like to talk about. The I was hesitant walking into this, but I. Why is Nicolas Cage all of a sudden in a bunch of random ass horror movies? Well, you know, because he's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he was in Mom and Dad, which was a really good movie, by the way. He was in. You know, Andy. his oldest son was in a goth band. Why am I not shocked? For like, yeah, and I mean like like death metal, like yeah. It doesn't matter how many times I see Nicolas Cage or what he's in. I also he's did anybody just go steal the Declaration of Independence? Did you catch the Superman reference that they made in the that they made in Colorado Space when when the meteorite first crashed? What they say? And he said it was his son. It was when that that survey or that hydrologist shows up, and his son's over here. He's here, and he's like, "What if this is the one that?" Uh, what if this is the one that killed Superman or something? And he goes, God, I hope not or something. Oh, yeah, I do. But I didn't catch that. Oh, I totally. Me and Rick both caught it. And I looked at him and I was like. If any of you don't know. Nicolas Cage is obsessed with Superman. 
like obsessed to the point that one of his other kids is named Kalel. He named his child Kalel. Do you know you know who Kalel is? Of course. That's I Superman's do. father. So uh I know yeah. very little about Superman, but I know that. Right. So he's so that I about fell over. I was like, who threw in the Superman reference? Did Nicholas Cage throw who threw in the of Superman course, Of course he did. I'm sure that was ad libbed. But um anyway, like I said, I was hesitant at first, but uh I was really happy to do this because I got to go back and uh read well actually I listened to um the audiobook of uh Lovecraft's story, The Color Out of Space. Um if anybody gets a chance to do that, it's only like an hour and a half long. Um and it's it's I think Horror Babble does one on YouTube. Uh and I cannot remember the one I listened to on Spotify, but uh I'm yeah. sure if you Google or looked it up. Just look it up. It. But yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so it was neat for me to listen to that prior to seeing the movie for both of us because even though one took place in I think like the 1920s, it, it was it was adapted very well, I feel like. Yeah, he wrote it in the 19, 1927. So um, you know, and of course there were little things like he kept it well. From the start, the opening of the movie, when he's narrating over, they do it in the beginning and at the end. Mm -hmm. That's from the original story. Oh, is it? That opening that he's saying that he's narrating, it's Wade. I think it's Wade. Wade. Ward? Or Ward. No, I'm sorry. Ward. 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 Because that's also his name in the. He's. That's the opening of The Color Out of Space. Oh, wow. The original 1927 adaptation. That's pretty sweet. So that. That in of itself, the fact that Richard Stanley opened it like that, let me tell you, from from one Lovecraft fan to another, anybody out there listening that that knows this as well, that that immediately I was like, okay, I'm in this movie, like I'm like, I'm woo. this this. So that that was the fact that he was able to not only touch with fans that don't know the original Lovecraft story. And then also please the ones that do know the Lovecraft story. That is a testament to Richard Stanley. Yep. I love when people can Because he himself is also a Lovecraft fan. I uh, recently watched a great interview that he did and he talked about it. And I also read, uh, you know, that his mom and him and his mom, or he, his mother would read H.P. Lovecraft's stories to him. He's always, he's always had this like... He's just a very, if you guys know anything, I'm just going to, I'm going to briefly speak on this because this doesn't have anything to do with the movie itself, but it does have to do with Richard Stanley. If anybody knows about Richard Stanley's background, he is a really interesting dude. He is really cool. I would love to meet him. I would love to pick his brain. I would love to talk. He just, he has a very interesting energy. It's, it's strong. His vibe, I just dig his vibe. And actually now that I, I realize that him and Feruza Balk have worked together and still know each other. And he even wants to work with her again. I'm like, God damn it. I wish I would. I still have to meet her. Cause I'm gonna be like, I want to pick your brain about Richard Stanley. He, um, so he was supposed, he was the original. So if anybody remembers this movie from the nineties called the Island of Dr. Moreau, and I'm sure most oh, of us yeah. do. Uh, I remember how crazy, crazy and amazing that movie was. And, as crazy and amazing as that movie was to watch, 
behind the scenes, it was even more crazy. There's actually a movie about the making of it on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, Dial Dr. Moreau is on Amazon Prime. And like the making of the movie is insane. Like the production company kicked Richard Stanley off. They fired him from the movie. They brought in this other director. The whole story is really crazy. But like him and Faruza Balk really vibed together. And uh, his... She's so I was, fucking nice. I was really interested in seeing... I also say that to say if anybody has seen The Island of Dr. Moreau and know that, uh, of course, he's he was fired, so he's not the original, like, I think, build director in the final movie, editing of the movie, final edit of the movie, I should say. He came up with the special effects for the for the for essentially dr moreau's children these anthropomorphic creatures richard stanley wrote all of those out on storyboards and those were his original visions and i that is one of the number one things i remember from the island dr moreau is how fucking incredible those creature effects were so i even more so wanted to see what his effects were going to be like in color out of space because those creature effects and isle of dr moreau are fucking insane so if anybody gets a chance to watch that backstory about that movie in particular because that gives you a real insight to him and also feruza they interview her she talks about working on the movie her and richard stanley growing really close together so um i would really love to see i actually would if if he is true if he's true about his next movie being the dunwich horror i want to i want to see feruza balk in that i even know who i would want to see her play but i don't want to i don't want to say anything yet but like i want to i i want to see her in that because he he kind of hinted to them working together again and i'm like put her in the dunwich horror like I'm, just put her in anything but like in especially anything. put her put her in the Dunwich Horror. But yeah, if you guys get to watch any interviews with him, Richard Stanley is just the coolest. He is just the coolest fucking guy. I feel like if you would if you would want to work with any director, especially a horror director, I mean besides of course the greats. We we know the greats. Anyway. But I mean, yeah, put put Richard Stanley on that list. Just just not even so much based on on the on his movie pedigree. But just on as who he is as, yes, on who he is as a person. I've heard he's just the coolest, he is just the most laid back, coolest fucking guy in the world to work with. And and just is is very passionate when he has a vision in something. And let me tell you, that passion is in Color Out of Space. You can tell he loves, he, he is an H.P. Lovecraft fan. You can tell there are so many little things, just so many, it, I just, there's not enough that I can, and this movie, like, it lingered with me, too, which is something that this other, this, uh, inner, by the way, shout out to The Witching Hour, I'd never heard of this podcast, they're great, if you guys check them out on YouTube, um, it's too, they interviewed him, and he even said that, like, he wants to hear that from people, he loves the fact, if this movie lingered with you, the first loved, time I saw it, he it loved did. that, he loves that, he's like, I want something that gets in your head. And I'm like, let me tell you what. That movie fucks with your head. It I'm, really it, does. I It took me a minute to, like, 
Rick pretty much like we watched. He's like, to me, okay, I'm going to bed, babe. Love you. And I'm like, I'm gonna need a minute. Like I had to like wind. I had to like wind my brain. Right. I mean, I have to do that anyway, guys. I'm an insomniac. You know, wouldn't believe what it takes for me. To well, when go you to watch sleep. a movie, but I mean, like that, that movie like that, I had to really yeah. wind my brain down. It was so good though, because it's it's a it's a mind melt. Because I was thinking about that like during the scene towards the end where you know like. It, the creature attacks Lavinia and fucking Nic- Nicholas Cage just, or Nathan just walks in and shoots it, and I was like, "This movie's fu- this movie's fucking with my head like real fucking bad." It didn't do that the first well the first time it did to the point where I couldn't even hardly like focus on what the fuck was going on. But the second time I saw it, I was like, "Now that I can actually." more follow what's actually going on because my brain's able to focus on this so i'm like holy shit this movie's really fucked up um should we go over real quick what the um imdb rating got so imdb got a 6.2 out of 10 which is actually huge for imdb horror because usually on horror movies imdb is not very giving uh, Rotten Tomatoes got an 86%, Metacritic did a 70%. So it's across the board, it's very, very liked. Um, and I love that on, on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience and the critic score is almost identical. That I like when that happens. It doesn't happen very often. Me and my roommate always say, we're like, you know, if the critic score is high and the audience score is low, it's going to be either A, a mind fuck. Or B, it's going to have an underlying, deeper meaning that the audience didn't get. <laughs> also, shout out to Spectre Vision, the production company that produced this movie. Um, Elijah Wood right. is actually one of the founders. So, like, shout out to Spectre Vision. Like, that's, that's fucking amazing. They've, they've got some pretty good horror movies under their, under their belt. But, like, um, so I wanted to real quickly point out a few things from the um original story uh that uh hp lovecraft had wrote so um a few things were changed like obviously they kept the gardener name so that is the name of the fan that is the name of the family but um uh the first names they changed like the father's name in the original story was i believe nahum is how it was pronounced. It's really old. A lot of the names are older. Also, there were three... Nahum is in the Bible. There were three sons instead of a daughter and two sons. So that was actually changed in the movie. Um, there's no, uh, There's nothing mentioned about alpacas in the original. That was something... That was something <laughs> that Richard Stanley did, decided to do it I on love himself. that he did. Uh, well, oh he did God. that. He did that for actually two reasons, and he mentioned that. In, he mentioned that in the interview that I really liked. They filmed this movie in South America, so uh, and alpacas are indigenous to South America, so that made it a lot easier to get them to shoot. They're also a really easy animal to work with. Horses. That's they. They only shot with that horse. Uh, I think just for that, just for those couple of scenes. Yeah, there wasn't in it horses, much. horses can be a little bit more difficult to work with. Alpacas were, apparently he said they were extremely easy to work with. And they're indigenous to the area. So that was kind of like dual purpose. Because obviously they're not 
mentioned in the original story uh when they, they speak about li- when they speak about livestock um also there's nothing um that was richard stanley's vision as far as having the color fuse things i think that he did that more so to see in lovecraft's adaptation the color just essentially drives you mad you go crazy so uh nahum locks his wife in the attic and then locks his other son in the attic and then his one son does get sucked into the well so there are a few things that that are very that you know the, the vegetation tastes and disgusting and then disintegrating like that's all in the original story um and then but like the animals don't fuse they just kind of like turn into they shrivel and turn into dust essentially what happens at the very end after the blast of color um so uh, you know obviously there's a few changes but there were things that were going to have to be adapted to modern day i mean you can't this was the original story was in 1927 so you can't just really <laughs> that's modern i think they <laughs> i think that the reason why stanley had to really up the factor of really taking it there to really fuck with you because in the original story all it is is just people running around going mad because of the color and in a modern adaptation that's just nobody's gonna fucking watch that like your wife's just running around screaming because the color go she's crazy lock her in the attic nobody's gonna fucking am <laughs> i gonna fucking you know like no let's fuse her and the fucking kid together and turn them to some fucked up grotesque i don't know what the nightmare fuck that thing was and and then lock them sons of bitches in the attic like that he had to really take it there and it's like no we're not gonna make these alpacas disintegrate we're gonna fuse in that and if that wasn't the fucking thing, then I I told bitch that was so the thing. I said that's gonna be the thing. That's why I told I told I told my husband immediately. I was like, it's gonna be the thing. Also, another thing that I love that he did in that interview, if anybody was worried, <laughs> those are not the actual sounds of what an alpaca sounds like when it's in pain. Uh, those are just random stock sounds i think that was something that he he mentioned that in the interview that he's like i didn't want people to think that that's what they really sounded like if they were in pain they don't we don't know that we obviously didn't want to hurt the alpacas to make no animals were harmed in the making right no absolutely not so those were just like various animal sounds and human screams and they actually did uh so the actor that plays the youngest son um you mean luke and if anybody out there are haunting of hill house fans luke. he's baby luke we must and protect we him at all child costs. we love him so much uh what's his name because he is so precious julian Hilliard. I, I love that child so julian much. hilliard he plays jack i think i think in the original story it's Thaddeus, if I believe. See why we changed the names? Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, I kind of like Thaddeus, but I mean, I kind of do too. But that's not modern at all. That wasn't. <laughs> that was not going to fly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think the youngest child's name is Thaddeus. Um, so that's little baby Jack, and he's adorable, and we love him. Um, he, they talk about that scene where him. So he. They really are in like a body cast together. He's like back to back with Jolie Richard Richardson, wow. and he's like grasping onto the couch. And it was only 
like a few he's like I don't like this part <laughs> like it wasn't so it wasn't I think it was only I think he said it was only for like an hour like we got we got just enough to shoot the scenes but you know because obviously the rest of it was all oh yeah you know, of course uh, special effects and whatnot but there did have to be at least about an hour or so where they actually did have to be back to back and it was the it was specifically the couch scene yeah. so they could get those shots um and if you think about Joel, you know, I am a big fan of Julie Richardson. She's never done anything like that in her career before. What else has she done? She's never done. Uh, oh my God. She was in um, the girl, with, more recently, the girl with the dragon tattoo. She was a great, oh. she was amazing in that adaptation. She's in Red Sparrow. Yeah, she is. She's in Red Sparrow. Um, oh my God. I was a fan of Nip Tuck back in the day. She oh my God, was in Nip the original Tuck. 101 Dalmatians. Oh my God, uh, she was in Event, Event Horizon. I fucking love She's <gasps> Sam. She's Dr. Grant's uh, girlfriend, uh, Sam Neill's girlfriend in Event Horizon. Yep. Even that movie, we're not even going to talk about it. Um, she's in The Patriot. She's the mom in the, pa- the Mel Gibson movie. If okay, so apparently that. I just didn't recognize her face. Um, also, she is Natasha. Rest in peace. Anybody that knows Natasha Richardson, she's Natasha Richardson's uh, sister. Um, um, have you seen this movie, Maggie? No, I've heard. Uh, is oh it, is it my good? Or, God. I've heard it's good. I've actually it's heard that it's movie good. with Arnold Schwarzenegger where you watch his daughter turn, turn into, into a, a zombie. zombie. I've actually it heard it's good. Sad. I listen. Yeah, I actually <laughs> heard it's. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the older Arnold Schwarzenegger is. My generation, he was always the Terminator. Now he's like turning into everybody's dad and grandpa. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like the cute, the cute grandpa with the goofy accent. He's, he's adorable. Like, but like, no, for real, that movie is amazing. See, it's and I'm so sad. Oh, you know how close no. I am with my dad. Please don't make me watch a movie like that. I I'm gonna make I'm going to be a mess. No, you, no, I know you wouldn't make me, but you know what I mean? I'm going to be a It basically gets mess. to a point where she literally sits down and has a talk with him where, you know, she's like, dad, when I turn, you have to kill me. Like. They had that conversation. Oh, uh, no. You, she gets, Ew. I think if I remember correctly, she Spoiler gets, alerts out there for yeah. anybody that's never I think seen. if I remember correctly, she gets bit and he takes her and keeps her in the, the house and he like takes care of her and you watch her just over time just start slowly turning into a zombie and it, it's fucking the Last of Us is the best way to compare this shit. Like, this is so fucking sad. <laughs> I was like, well, that's the saddest zombie movie I've ever seen in my goddamn life. It's fine. But anyway, anyway. we digress. Um, go watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a few things that I did want to highlight uh, from the start of the movie. Um, so again, like I said, there in the original adaptation, there's three sons, but in Richard Stanley's adaptation, there are two sons, uh, oldest son, middle daughter, younger son. Um, now the daughter I recognize, but I can't, I even looked her up and she's one of those people that's in like random ass shows, right? Like episodes of shows. Um, so I did want to point out a couple of things. Anybody out there that is a Lovecraft fan, again, uh, the Dunwich Horror. The name of the mother, Watley, in the Dunwich Horror is Lavinia. That was a cute little nod. 
that uh, Richard Stanley threw in there by naming the gardener daughter Lavinia. Um, can I also say that I about shit when Ward showed up? Did anybody notice he's wearing a Miskatonic University t-shirt? No. I didn't even notice that the second That's time. That's within the first fucking five minutes of the movie. I was like... <laughs> I didn't even notice the second time I saw it. I was so, I, okay, so anybody out there, Lovecraft fan, and you caught that, I instantly was like, I was so fucking happy. And, and he kept it in Arkham. So like I said, he shot the right. movie in, in South America, but there's constantly all these talks about Arkham. Arkham. Yep. All the time. And I'm like, yes! Like, I, I fucking love it. So It, it kind of reminded me of the guy who made that movie. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> you just turned into my dad. I hope you know that. Run. I'm sorry. He had to give me a second. I was like, what the fuck is that movie? It is not a Stephen King movie at all. But all of the Stephen King nods in Run... It reminds me a lot of, like, this film where it's, like, obviously this was an H.P. Lovecraft film, but... Right. And that wasn't a Stephen King film, but it's just the nods that he's just the throwing nods. in there in all of the... In the universe of H.P. Lovecraft, just like the guy who did Everywhere. Run. And I can't remember who that was, but did all of the nods to Stephen King. Because when they said dairy, my roommate's like, did, did they just say dairy? <laughs> I was like... I, I, yeah, I'm confused. And then all of the names starting adding well, up. Well, because isn't there a, isn't there a, uh, there's a, a, a Kathy Bates character. Yeah, because they call That's her Mrs. Right. Bates. And That's then when right. she's on the phone with her, she says Kathy. And I'm yeah, like, you're like. Also, there was an Annie. Excuse me? I was like. Like, what was that? Um, I also want to say, uh, again, thank you, Richard Stanley, for this. Um, if anybody caught this in the beginning of the movie, the, uh, <clears throat> ceremony or the, um, well, yeah, essentially ceremony that, uh, Lavinia was doing where she was calling upon the four corners and asking for blessings. Um, I want to say as a witch, how appreciative I, I am of, um, what Richard Stanley did. So if anybody does, so in the movie, Lavinia is, is a witch. It's pretty obvious. Uh, as the movie goes on, especially from the, from the start. Um, when she is calling upon the names in the four corners, she is, those are the saints that are associated with each of the, uh, four elements. Uh, so he did that when she called, uh, Mikhail, Gabriel, Ariel. I mean, that was, that was spot on. He nailed that. So I greatly appreciated that because that is something, you know, I don't usually like to talk a lot about this, but that is something that I use in, uh, my own, uh, traditions and ceremonies and blessings you know i i give my blessings to you always give your blessings to the saints you give your so uh that was something that i really appreciated that he did that was very accurate that was very spot on 
Um, again, Cruz Balk is a witch. He is friends with her. I think he, him, he's, he's a little witchy. I'm telling you. If you guys know who Richard Stanley is and you see him, he gives off some witchy, he's got some witchy vibes. So I, mad respect to him because that was really, uh, that was incredible. So not only to like, literally within the first five minutes, he's got me. Because not only, <laughs> not only does he open it with the original narration from the story, he's got Ward coming in with the Miskatonic t-shirt on. He's got the Lavinia name from the Dunwich Horror. He's got the prayer, the the Wiccan, it, the you know, the whole thing spot on. I'm like, dude, you're nailing all Can the Can we points. also talk about how the black guy lived? Yo. <laughs> you didn't even think about that. I'm black you? and why am I over here like... <laughs> Bitch, you didn't even pay attention. You're just so used to seeing that shit, like, not happen. You were just kind of numb to it. And I'm over here, like, and did you white, not notice? And your white friend is like, um, hello. And I'm like, <laughs> yo. Because as soon as all this And starts, he's fine as hell, too. Like, and he's also not gonna lie. the smart one. Oh, who's he's like, literally the hey, one that, like, warned everybody. You shouldn't be doing And this. nobody listened. And he lived. So, there you go. The only black guy in the entire film lived. That lived. Yep. Like, period. He well, was I mean, the this, only one that. This is Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that was a Patrice O'Neill nod. Uh, again, comedy snob. But it got that reference. Um, <laughs> but, oh my God, don't die on me. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't die on me. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, I mean, when this, so even, so like when the meteor crashes, all that's in the original story. Let me tell you what else got me, the seven lightning strikes, uh -huh. because that's in the original story too, because that's, that's when shit hits the fan, like in the story and in the, and in the movie. I love that the only place that it was happening was there. Right too. there. Yeah. Like right in that spot. And they were like, look at that thing, it's so pretty. And they also, you know, if you guys are paying attention to the little things like the new, like when the mayor came and they were, you know, obviously Ward talking about the water and uh, them doing the news reports from the Miskatonic River. Now that's all something that's in this story too, as, because the narration in the original story, as H.P. Lovecraft likes to do, he loves his narrations. He, you know, he, he does everything in flashbacks. H.P. Lovecraft is is known for that. Everything is told in a flashback. So everything is told from Ward's point of view in the flashback, same as the movie. So there is this whole thing going on in the background about the water supply that is always something linked <clears throat> to the water supply, specifically in the Miskatonic River. And then everything starts happening around once the meteorite gets into the groundwater and once the color is in there well you even start to notice it because you start to figure out the reason why uh nathan is the dad right because they changed yes. the name in the yes. movie yeah they're not gonna have a nathan they changed it to nathan. <laughs> um you you notice you start to notice like oh nathan the fucking ice cubes well, it took me forever. Because he's drinking water in the beginning, but then it's like, well, even when he stops drinking the water, you notice the goddamn ice cubes. Because if you if you guys really pay attention, the ice cubes get a funky ass color by the very end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, they do. They're, they're like opalescent almost. It's fucking they're crazy. Pretty. They look like uh, uh, 
like when seashells, not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a very opalescent. When they're it like just, in the it sun, is, it, just... it instantly made me think about that, like pearls, opals, seashells. That's it. Mother really of pearls. I also, I just, again, I love how you were actually able to see a vision. Because when you're reading the story, The Color Out of Space, and it's uh, Nahum actually describes a color that he's never seen. I mean, he he says that in the original story, and Nathan says it too. Um, how it's almost like an indescribable color. and Because uh, he said pink, and then he goes, no, it's really not pink. It's like maybe a fuchsia. But even then, he was like, no, it's not really that either. Well, I mean, even in the movie, like, it look, it's an indescribable color. It really is. You can't, I mean, you, you can... Yeah, okay, you can say it's kind of pink, kind of purple, whatever, but it's not really one color, and I, I think that was done on purpose oh, to, yeah. to, to mess with your eyes. Like, you you make up what color you think you're seeing, depending on who's watching it. I think he did that on purpose, Oh, too, yeah, I'm sure. To fuck with you even more, because in, because in the original story, trying to give a description of a particular color is going to be really hard because everybody is going to see that color. I'm telling you, you could ask 30 different people what, what orange is and, and you're going to get 30 different fucking answers. Right. <laughs> Cause there's, there's, there's pumpkin orange, there's this orange, there's that orange. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like you could ask 30 different people who watch this movie, what color they saw and I guarantee you, you'll get 30 different answers. That's a good question. And I really think they did that on purpose. Okay. And I, I fucking love that. Like, the fact that he, this, H.P. Lovecraft stories are a mind fuck anyway, but this is, this story in particular is a true mind fuck. Also, can I just say to, to the credit of Nicolas Cage and Richard Stanley and to the original story, I know a lot of people <laughs> make because of course he's Nicolas Cage is gonna play Nick uh, is gonna play a Nicolas Cage role like Nicolas Cage. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be fucking over the top. If you expect any less, then you don't fucking know Nicolas Cage. This is how he's gonna play he's, every fucking movie. He's gonna go steal but the Declaration of Independence. In the thank you. In the, <laughs> right. in the story. Do you think there's a map on the back of this? The more the I hope not this time. Honestly. Not in this, not in this scenario. No. So guys, um, I don't know if we told you about that. We went to Salem and there was we like have a told that. Center. We've told that story. Well, if you're new but if you're and new you don't to remember it, that yeah, story. It's or amazing. You hear it. Um, we went to the Welcome Center and they had copies of the Declaration of Independence. I mean, obviously... We're know, in Massachusetts. We're in Massachusetts. So, you know, Plymouth, yada, yada, yada. You know, white Founding people. fathers, white people. <laughs> and, um, exactly. I pulled out one of the declarations and I looked at Becky and I was like, do you think there's a map on the back of this? I lost my shit in the middle of this fucking gift shop. Fell on the floor. Our first day there. Fell on the fuck... Literally, literally and figuratively <laughs> fell out. She, I don't think she was in a state me. in a city I've never been in in my entire life. I know none of these people. I'm like, oh my god. I think it's because I just caught you so completely off guard. Also, because that's one of my favorite movies. If National Treasure is not one of your favorite movies, go fuck yourself. That movie's everything. It is great. Um, everything. You don't even have to see the sequel. Doesn't matter. 
just it was the, so good though. It, the sequel's great too. Like, <laughs> seriously, like the first one, if you if 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 National Treasure isn't somewhere on your comfort movie list, go fuck yourself. If National Treasure isn't a treasure, is it a treasure? Is it a national fucking treasure? That movie is every. That movie has every. It's history. It's suspense. It's funny. Nicholas Cage, Riley, Sheen Bean, Sheen Bean, <laughs> Sheen Bean, and he lives. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't live. No, he doesn't. He dies. I'm pretty sure he does. I'm sorry. I'm not or does he? You got me questioning. I was giving him credit for a second. I was like, does he live in this one? I think he lived. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I but said, is there a bat on the back of this? And she lost. I it. lost my shit. I I wasn't trying even to be funny. It. But it just it's came. You caught me off guard. It was literally one of those moments where I was just like. <laughs> What did you just say? And then I was did like, you just say what I think you We're going to need Q-tips and lemons and a hairdryer stat. <laughs> Go get that, please. Wait, I know something you guys don't know. Hold on, let me just... Riley! Okay. <laughs> All right. I fucking love that movie. Anyway, okay. That movie was a sexual awakening for me because <laughs> I didn't realize how much of a crush on Diane Kruger I had. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god. Especially when she changed into those pants. She's a gorgeous The jeans. Woman. Oh my god, her ass in those jeans. She's a gorgeous woman. She is anyway. Moving on. Go on, on, on. Um, also, shout out to Tommy Chong being in this movie. Hell fucking yeah. How random. That was very random. That Tommy Chong played Ezra. And there is an Ezra in the original story. That was an, Okay, that was another thing they changed up to. Ezra lived in the original story he actually made it out they killed him at the end of this one but i like how they did the it the way they did it was so fucking creepy oh my god that was insane. holy shit they, and like, he was he's like they drained. live under the floor that's because it was in the walk it was literally in the drain well see i like i like all of the elements to this because um stanley still focused a lot on the water supply which was a big thing in the original story mm-hmm. was there was so much pointed to the water supply being tainted and how important water is and how this right and how the very foundation of even this alien life form needs water and that they basically want to change the world to suit it to what they want it to be right and um you know, obviously we get that glimpse of it at the end. Uh, also, another nod. How cool was it when... Because uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to 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 reveal, too, if anybody didn't catch this. So, um, H.P. Lovecraft again. The Necronomicon. Even though, the, even though it's not brought up in the original uh, Color Out of Space story... Obviously, the Necronomicon is brought up in other H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. So, uh, you know, if you're going to throw a witch in, throw in the Necronomicon. You must. Have to do it. (laughs) Um, I saved this, but I'll have to look it up again. When she, when Lavinia is doing that ritual and she is uh, basically self-mutilating as part of the ritual, um... There's a, okay, so there's a specific rune 
the one that she actually carves on her forehead. That? It's that one, and that one, um, it's uh, specific to home. I think it's, so it's, it's always, it's loosely translated as like heritage or estate, but essentially that an estate is meaning like your home, mm -hmm. your homeland. Right or where you belong. So I thought it was very poignant that that would be the specific rune that would light up once the color has her, because once it, it uses her as a vessel to go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because at the, so they kind of, they, they sort of do that a little backwards in the original story when the color blasts into space and leaves. They kind of do that backwards. So it kills the family. And then when Ward, this is in the original story, when Ward and the, when they go in later and they find Ezra and everything's decimated, the color is still there. And cause again, in the original story, Lavinia is not in it. She's the color blasts into space and that's when they see it. And that's, um, but when, yeah, so the, they, it's the tentacles and everything. Right. But in the movie, uh, actually, even before that, when she has that rune and she sees Ward and it lights up and then he looks in her eyes and then he has a vision of them and we get to see that that really beautiful kind of CGI um, image. Those are the old ones. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially, that's that's going, you know, right back again to Lovecraft, Cthulhu. Yeah. So that I mean, yeah, all the, the, the Lovecraft universe always tie into one another, especially when it's uh, in regards to the old ones. <laughs> so these specifically were the great old ones. Um, just to give a quick, quick run through of the, they're the ongoing theme in a lot of Lovecraft work. They're ancient, powerful deities from space that once ruled on earth and they have since fallen into a death-like sleep. Several of these deities do include Cthulhu, uh, Gatunathoa, and Yig. Um, so uh, like in the Call of Cthulhu, it's usually, uh, typically when they're called upon, it's by people that are, it's like through cults uh, and things like that. Um, the Dunwich Horror takes on to a totally different, but, uh, yeah, so that's essentially it. Like, that's that's what they are. So that's what Ward sees, is the great old ones. He sees them as their time once when they were awake on Earth and how they wanted to come back. But that essentially Lavinia, through her incantations and the sigils, because that is that is a sigil. So there again, there's another thing that, I, that Richard Stanley, on point with witches... A lot of witches use sigils. I use sigils. That is one thing. When she carves into her chest, that is a sigil. Runes. It's another thing he uses. Runes. And, and specifically that rune, when I looked up, that essentially that means home. I thought that was so significant that it's like they used her as a vessel to go home before they showed Ward yeah. who they are as the old ones. Yeah, I just... I feel like, like I said, 
especially for the Lovecraft fans, Stanley fucking nailed this. I don't know how you can say he didn't. I mean, the special effects alone, it's insane. The tentacles, how he made everything. He brought something that was only written to life. You actually got to, you you know, with, with, with Lovecraft shit, you got to make it up in your own head. I mean, he he did rough drawings of stuff and there have been, you know, artist adaptations of a lot of those different creatures. But when you're reading how he describes it and some he's more descriptive than others, but you got to make you got to make up some crazy shit. I mean, essentially, like what Jack was drawing, if you guys were paying attention to it, right, yeah, a la Bird Box, pay attention to the fucking drawings. If you were looking at what Jack was drawing. That. That's yep. what the fuck you're making up in your head. Because these creatures look insane. I mean, this is like something out of a DMT trip. I don't even know. I literally <laughs> don't know. I, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know this to be true. And I've never been able to find anything out about this. But it almost makes me wonder, like, did HP... Like, I don't think there was anything like that around during his time. You don't know. But if there was, I'm just like, did he take anything? Like, I'm I'm serious. Like, when I'm watching the color out of space parts of that, I'm like, you could be tripping. You could be tripping and watch some shit like this. I mean, and get, like, deep. You could be doing some hallucinogens and get, like, real fucked up in the visuals yeah. of this movie. And deep into the message of it. Also, too... Getting back to Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. When Nahum starts to unravel as the original story goes on, he really starts to lose his mind. He starts to fucking lose it. And I just, I, I wanted to to preface that by saying, I, I know I had read comments that people that maybe didn't particularly like parts of the movie that was one thing that people didn't like. Well, I just don't understand why his character was just so fucking over the top. I mean, like, I know it's Nicolas Cage, but, you know, people were like, it just, it was too much. Yada, yada. But it made a point to... But it was supposed to be, because it highlighted the fact that this is, like in the original story, this is what the color does to you. It gets in your head, and it drives you mad. It drives you crazy. I felt like that was very... I didn't read the original story, and that was very obvious. But those are elements to Lovecraft stories anyway. A lot of when when you get possessed by things, it he describes things. He uses that element so much of things getting in your head and literally driving you mad. And I think you know if anybody like knows about his backstory and a lot of stuff that he struggled with, I think it was really I think it's poignant that he points a lot of that out in his stories, but. Yeah, I just know I read that a few places, and I don't think people, I think that was something that went over a few people's heads. I'm hoping not very many, but just the few comments that I saw, I think that was something that really went over people's heads, and people thought that he was just doing that to just be Nicolas Cage, and of course, because he but, is. But you have to but admit, that, but that what, had to play you, into the, that had to play into the story. But when you watch it from the beginning, you can tell he's a very gentle man. He loves his wife with everything in him. He treats his kids very well. He's a normal dad. So you're going to tell me that he was over the top that whole movie? You watch him disintegrate. You watch him deteriorate. You watch it happen to everybody. You watch it happen to the the mom. 
she starts kind of acting weird. And, and she cut her own sudden, fucking fingers off. And then cuts her fucking fingers off. Like, that was fucking crazy. And then and there's then Jack the staring at the fucking well, like, I'm playing with my friends. What motherfucking friends? Every so there's elements of everyone starting to unravel as the story's going on. I have to say I love the alpine. <laughs> the alpine. He's like, I swear to God, I just fed them and I put them in the barn. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck it's is happening with, the with these fucking alpacas? I <laughs> and even even Lavinia's like, you were supposed to put the alpacas in the barn. It's like a like, running joke. The whole fucking he's movie like, I with did. These goddamn alpacas. It is just a running thing through the whole fucking movie. And it took me forever to figure out when she drank the water. Because I never, you never saw her do it. But I was like, that one morning she drank coffee. She was drinking coffee. I was like, the fuck? Why did that take me so long to I didn't realize put that, that together at all? Because she has her mug when when, when they're at the yeah. hospital and she's yeah. got a mug. And I was like, she's drinking coffee. Oh, my God. Because I put it together. I never paid attention to her. I just, I put it together with Nathan because of the fucking ice cubes. Right. And then they really, if you really pay attention, well, it you start to the see the ice cubes change color. Because he was the only one that smelled whatever the fuck he was smelling. Yeah. Because they're like, it smells metallic. I don't know what you're talking about and then he's like no it smells like death and decay well in the I, so they mentioned that in the original story with the water being highly acidic and then they, you see it in the movie when he does when ward does his tests i mean i just but you saw it turn that color didn't well you? i knew that from i just knew that from my medical background when he did the ph you know because I've, I've done ph tests did when you he did when that? he did the pH test on it, it was yeah. red first, and then if you kept watching it, it would it turned it into the color. It changed, uh, but yeah, there was just this. I I just I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm trying to think if there were really any negatives to this movie that I could point out, and there just there just weren't any. I was just really impressed. It could have been a little shorter. Yeah, I agree. It was a little bit too long. I, I mean, agree. Not that it didn't seem that long. It was it was a two hour movie, and I enjoyed it for what it was. But it could have been cut down to an hour and a half. There were stuff that I don't know. Maybe they just did that for the time. Maybe the, a time lapse or whatever. It's not like there were parts in it that I'm like, well, we didn't really need that. It's just like maybe it was drawn out in parts that it didn't really need to be drawn out with. Possibly, yeah. It just seemed too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I think that there or were Or they just, could have at least cut 10 minutes off of it. I think that there were just certain things that Stanley was trying to cut in to not only stay true to the story, but to also modernize it right. as best as he could but i do agree i think that probably would be my only hiccup is maybe but even then i'm not like it needed to be shorter. yeah no i'm really it just not could have been. there have been some movies where i'm legitimately like holy shit there's absolutely no reason it should have been four hours listen uh, revenant is an incredible movie yeah but, but no i know shit. i know i know i know that movie I, is so oh goddamn God. long oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i and i I'm like I've watched How it. How have we only and let me tell watched you something one time. minutes of this I've film? watched it once. That's it. And I'll, yep, nope. No. It was a great film. 
Fantastic film. The Irishman. Amazing. Interstellar. Way too goddamn long. There were parts that legitimately had no dialogue. There was a 15 minute, 10 to 15 minute scene in that fucking movie that has no dialogue. And I'm just like, this was uncalled for. Mr. Scorsese? No. (laughs) This was... This no. was uncalled for, sir. Uh, yeah, with wolves but yeah, so it wasn't. Yeah, later. so there are some movies where legitimately it's like the fuck? Titanic needed. You could have cut. You could right. Well, for obvious reasons, but you could have <laughs> cut. Yeah, but this particular movie, I don't really have a lot of complaints about. Like, oh god, I was too. But exactly, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, you just as a cr- constructive criticism, it could have been a you little. You could have shaved. You could have shaved about ten minutes off. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Well, fuck you," because you made it a half right. hour, no. minutes. Yeah, it, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really have. What I enjoy complaints. is like Midsummer, where a two-hour version comes out, and then he's like, "Fuck it, here's my four-hour-long right. director's cut. Give me that shit," because <laughs> I'll sit here and watch the whole fucking thing. Right, and then I can. You know, pick and choose. And then they're like, there's a four-hour movie coming out directed by Ari Aster that's going to be a dark comedy. And I'm like, fucking give I'm it to me. That. Give it to me. I'll sit through all... F- I also <laughs> wanted to mention real quick at the end um, with the epilogue, because that's from the story, too. If anybody didn't catch that, uh, with Ward standing on the dam... So that dam don't cuss at was this fucking built. podcast. I'm sorry. God damn it. <laughs> um the goddamn dam. They, well, damn. They built that on top of the old property, if nobody caught that. Um I didn't. So that's why that's why he was like, I'm never gonna drink this water. Why did they not catch that? Yeah, they built the dam that he's standing on, they built that on the original property. They just covered it up. They covered the whole oh, thing up. Oh my god. Yeah, the whole thing. Because that's in the original. They covered the whole... <clears throat> Arkham didn't... They, you know, the nobody in town wanted anybody to know about this. They covered the whole thing up. They're like, oh, we dammed it up. The water supplies... Be- yeah, no. That's why Ward's like, yeah, I'll never drink this water. We'll never drink this water. The town just covered it up. I feel so fucking stupid. How did I not catch that? So okay. that the, the, the cop, cop from Sinister? Sinister? The cop from Sinister moment. I love how we've just called it that. The cop from Sinister moment. Hey, I didn't know the black guy lived. <clears throat> the girl from Annabelle? Just totally, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. I guess I'm just I'm so over used here. to that. That's I just one of the totally first even... things that a cop. What? That's one of the first things that came popped into my head last night. I'm like, the black guy lived. Good and I'm job. white. I'm just. It's okay. I was oblivious. It was your I first paid feeling. no attention. And now that I know that, I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> we shouldn't black even need to be it. having this conversation. I know, but. but the fact that we do just, you know. Anyway. Um, yeah, I need to see that actor in, in more things, by the way. Uh, I believe he's a British actor. I've I've never, I had never heard him in any, never seen him in anything before. Elliot Knight. Um. Oh, I I get once upon a time. I wouldn't know. I watched about that. the first um, season of that, and then I started the season that Anna and what Anna and Elsa were in it, and then I watched half that season and quit. 
Yeah, my my that niece, show is so I can't my do niece, it. My niece was obsessed. Obsessed. I can't handle the special effects. And trying to have I an ele- trying it. to have an eleven year old explain that show to you was like, it was like that meme, you know, where it's the little kid like. Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy who's got the marker in his hand and he's like pointing to this board. No, 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 no. It's the it's the one where it's the little kid that's where it's like a little kid trying to explain something to you. You know, when you have a dream and you when you can when you can you when you can and you when when you can and it is when when you can do anything. That was my niece trying to explain that show to me. And I'm sitting over here like honestly, that's me trying to explain orphan blocks. I'm sitting over here like blink blink blink. Blink, blink. I just tell people like it has clones. There are a lot of clones. I mean, you're not supposed to know that, but you'll figure it out. And I mean, they tried out the third episode. Yeah, that's true. You'll anyway. It's not giving away anything. It's just there's clones, and then a lot of clones. There's a lot, and it just it's a lot. But it's but but it's amazing. So just watch. It's amazing, and it's about clones. I just go. It's amazing, and it's about clones, and watch it. And Tatiana Maslany. That's all. Yeah, that's literally all you need to know. So, um, oh, and Maria Doyle Kennedy. Um, hello. Jordan Gervais. Jordan Gervais. Why can't I say his name? I don't know. He's Felix. (laughs) I just remember him as. Oh my God! It it still gets me every time he pops up in cursive. I'm like, that's. It's Felix. I was like, what? Is happening. He's such a good looking gay man. God damn it. <laughs> did you see? I agree. Oh, there I was wanna... this girl who did a TikTok where she was like, I found the perfect man. He's everything I ever wanted. And we started hanging out and I went over to his house and there were rainbows anywhere and everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's why you found the perfect man. He's gay as fuck. <laughs> that's typical. Yeah. Typical. You're just like, I mean, I have a friend now, but are you by like, by chance? Are you by, by chance? <laughs> That's actually really great. I I did. How many pans do you? Have? Oh my Jesus! <laughs> I have a whole pantry <laughs> for my pan. Did you come out of the pantry? <laughs> Or the closet. I was like, it's a big difference. <laughs> the pantry or the closet? Or do you like to ride your bicycle? <laughs> I need to know. Oh my god. So anyway. So yeah, we basically got to the end of the movie. Um, but I did... I did not realize until I... I think, and I'm sure it was probably mentioned on that documentary that I saw about... Uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau, but I did not realize until the interview that I watched that uh, Richard Stanley is South, was born in South Africa. And he was mentioning about certain visions in the way that South African directors direct films and the way that they have certain visions of films. And it instantly made me think about The Unfamiliar. I literally was just thinking about The Unfamiliar when yeah. you said that. I was like, oh, I like The Unfamiliar. It I need to buy that DVD. It instantly made me think about that. And it it's sort of like, yeah. I could see elements of the way, cinematography-wise, yeah. <clears throat> in the way that he shot this, this movie, and the way that he shot Color Out of Space, similar to, obviously, I mean, way bigger budget, but similar into the way that, uh, in the way that Hank 
uh, films. I, I really think that Hank's going to go on and do some really great things. I mean, he already has. Shout out to Hank and listen to our listen to our uh, unfamiliar interview. It's a great film, but yeah, especially um, if you're unfamiliar with it. You know. <laughs> but give it up to South African directors, and I and just any I we've talked about this how uh, directors and filmmakers and actors from other countries are really starting or like have been stepping the game up for a while and like really starting to step the game up especially in the horror genre and i am i have just been thrilled thrilled seeing more and more and more and more coming out and that's why i want i need to get that express vpn thing start checking out like other uh you never heard of of a vpn before no okay (laughs) anywho uh, I'm just over here mad because I gotta buy a region free Blu-ray player because my host doesn't play on anything. It's essentially so that like, cause you know, like we have a different Netflix over here than say they wouldn't right. in the UK or, or out Australia. Like, well, it's just like my DVD, the DVD, the special edition that I bought from the UK won't play on my consoles. It's region B. I have to get a region fleet fleet region free blu-ray player which is fine because my roommate's like you're gonna buy a region free blu-ray player for one movie and i said no so let me just explain to people out there that do not know what a vpn is it is a virtual private network so essentially is a network that encrypts and transmits data while traveling from one place to the internet to the other okay so essentially it would block uh a server from like you have a secure server if you would want to stream from anything like i said specifically from another country if you're wanting to stream something from another country you have a private server to be able to do that so there's actually a company called express vpn that uh you can buy from to have a secure network and that way you can get on other uh like i said you can get other netflix from different countries i've heard of this before i just didn't realize it was called vpn yeah that's so um yeah i would really like i need to look into doing something like but that. i really do want to get a like i was telling my roommate she's like you're gonna buy a region free blu-ray player for one movie and i said absolutely not i said when i have a region free blu-ray player do you know what that means that means i can buy dvds from anywhere in the in the fucking world and I can watch them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Which I'm, is what I want. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm meaning that in the same vein as the VPN. Right. So you're opening yourself up to a collection of movies from all over the world. So you're getting... so And, and specifically, if there's a certain genre... Okay, we're a horror podcast. So we know that horror as a genre has expanded worldwide. Um, I mean, obviously, it wasn't always that way, and but it's you know, just blasted out of the water, especially in the last few, last 20, 20th century or so, uh, you could open yourself up more with a regional Blu-ray and a VPN because you're streaming and watching from all over the world. So you're opening yourself up to all different film directors. And, uh, and then again, Horror has subgenres, so you could have subgenres. You could explore subgenres from from other countries. I mean, we know that we know that just in itself with Japanese horror. 
Like that Japanese horror is a specific subgenre in horror. And that's a whole fucking country. So <laughs> right? like, goddamn. So that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're kind of one in the same. Cause you're leaving yourself open to exploring everywhere. And this could be the collector in me, but Owning DVDs from other countries is just kind of a rad thought to me. Well, I think it's like the thing of, uh, I watched something the other day about Tower Records, and I think it's kind of funny how we, you know, once CDs came into play, or not even CDs, once, once you were able to download music, it was like, that's the death of everything. And then now all of a sudden how like, I just think it's crazy how LPs just came back. Like, all of a sudden, people want to buy albums again. Like, people want to collect... Like, that in the last few years is all of a sudden... Like, people thought that shit was dead. Like, once once CDs were out, nobody wants a fucking album. And then once, once you were able to stream, you know, download music and then fucking stream music, it was like, this is insane. It was just... That was a really cool... It's free on YouTube if anybody wants to watch that. It's called All Things Must Pass. It's one of the craziest fucking things to ever see the evolution of how we've been able to get music and the fact that I lived through that time and you got to see like the death and rebirth of of the way music has kind of gone full circle from like I mean when they talked about Napster I was like what the fuck um wow like a flashback I was like oh my god like we've come so far. I remember when my cousin made me a mix CD from so LimeWire. Yep. Oh my god, LimeWire. <laughs> Y'all, I remember before Napster. I remember when Napster was free. Like before it got busted. I remember that shit. Busted. Busted. <laughs> TikTok. Um, but anyway, guys, I don't really have much else except to do our rating of it. Um I do have you know, to obviously say obviously we did a lot, we had a lot of spoilers, so I hope you guys have actually seen Color Out of Space. If not, it is on Shutter. Um, it is a Shutter exclusive. It is an absolutely incredible film. And again, um, you know, I know I overtook quite a bit because I am such a big H.P. Lovecraft fan. So I appreciate Casper for letting me do that. But I just wanted to preface I'm a fan, that but I'm not a big fan of her. <laughs> I just wanted to preface, though, that you don't have to be. But if you are, this movie fucking nailed it. It nailed it. And that's so rare that you have an adaptation from something and you nail it just as well as the original. That is such a rarity. It really is. And for someone that appreciates that, this movie this movie just nailed it for me on all fronts. Especially, you know, being a witch and and just the rituals, the rune, the, you know, the the little uh Lovecraft Easter eggs in there, the the thing Carpenter nod, the 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 special effects, the it, everything. The black guy lived like, like just you're like just throwing that in there, just and throwing that in there, like yeah, just everything. This isn't something we talked about during this podcast, but I have to say I love the music in that film. Oh my god, like the climactic music. Yeah, did it not remind you of Interstellar? Yeah, I've never seen Interstellar. Oh my god, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Um, well, I'll play that. I can't play that right now. I'll probably copyright yeah, no, shit. Yeah, let's not. But um, there's a song. The theme in Interstellar sounded so much like the theme in this, and I love it because space. <laughs> but I'm I'm an H.P. Lovecraft fan, but I'm not as big as an H of an H.P. Lovecraft. God fan damn, it's three fucking hours long. I mean, I I know what it's about. What? I kind of ruined it. 
the Interstellar. Like oh. I know what the movies. I know what the movies about. I kind of fucked myself because obviously you know if I haven't twist? seen it by yeah. God. I know. I that yeah. was so amazing to see that yeah, twist. Well, that was I, one of those movies that I mentioned that was a little too long. It I, needed to be shaved. I kind of fucked myself on that one, but anyway. Uh, but it is a good movie. Yeah, honestly, it really is. It's just a little too long. Um, but yeah, the music in Color Out of Space, I I absolutely love the uh, orchestral music in that. But um, even as being not as a big HP Lovecraft fan as Becky, I still loved this movie and everything about it. I love Cthulhu. Don't even get me started on Cthulhu, though. <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's my big one. Like, that's what made me an HP Lovecraft fan was Cthulhu. <clears throat> Especially because when I first heard, saw the name, I was like, what is Cthulhu? Oh, yeah. The name's a little like... <laughs> I was like, Cthulhu... Cthulhu? I'll be honest with you, half the time I don't even know if I'm saying it right because I've heard people, it's also spelled 80,000 different ways like Hanukkah, so I don't even Is it Chillicothe or Chillicothe? <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean there's a one of my top five favorite Metallica songs is the call, you want to talk about a band that fucking loves H.P. Lovecraft uh, The Call of Cthulhu but see, they There's spell a game it with a, called the Call of They Cthulhu. spell it with a K. Metallica spells it with a. They spelled theirs with a K. So, and I've seen it spelled with a K. That's what I'm saying. That's it's odd. got a billion different spellings and and ways that you can say it. But um, yeah, I am I am legit really excited to see uh more Lovecraft adaptations. And specifically, Stanley doing Lovecraft adaptations. Definitely the Dunwich Horror. Like, I'm hoping. He he wants that to be the next one to come up. But um, now, one thing I didn't know that he mentioned uh, on that podcast that I, that I, The Witching Hour, that I said that was on YouTube, the interview he did, was that, uh, so apparently H.P. Lovecraft stories are, like, free domain. So, like, nobody owns them it's not like that weird thing where like we own chucky but we own child it's not it's like not a weird you know what i mean it's just they're just so like literally anybody could do a a you know a, a lovecraft uh adaptation of anything um i did want to mention the the movies real quick that were there was a movie in 1965 called die monster die that's supposed to be a loose adaptation of the color out of space and then um one that was a little bit more modern in 1987 that was called the curse um that was actually starred uh will wheaton so that's a name everybody knows uh and that's supposed to be a, a loose uh adaptation of the color out of space it's about a meteorite that crashes on a farm in tennessee infects the land and its residents yada 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 so i mean they're they uh they essentially die monster die and the curse basically have the, ex the same storyline meteorite everybody goes crazy so that's why it's kind of a loose adaptation but um again there's never been one that's been as true as Richard Stanley's even though as we mentioned there's those few little things in there that he changed up to make it more modern for audiences today but uh. And of course, all the little Easter eggs, you know, Lavinia's name, the Dunwich Horror, the Miskatonic shirt, the, you know, he throws these little things in there. 
um, that if you aren't a Lovecraft fan and you don't notice it, it's still fine. The Necronomicon, again, if you don't know, it's fine. But if you do, you feel like it's... I feel like Richard Stanley made this for us. He made this for me. He made this for Lovecraft fans. But also, if you're not a Lovecraft fan, it doesn't matter. And I think he sort of hopes, too, that you'll walk away wanting to become one after watching this. I'm hope I think I think that was part of his goal. Sorry, my ears itched. If you're not a fan, he wants you to walk away as one. He wants you to become a Lovecraft fan after this. How could you not? So, but yeah, that's that's all I got. All right. So, what do rate you it. rate it? We doing out of five or out of ten? Ten. Um. This is. I'm giving it a nine. I I really don't. Uh, I just rarely give 10 out of 10s because you got to like nail it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, there's, there's just very, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have very about picky about 10 out of 10s. I'm picky too. about 10 out of 10s. You got to like really, I mean, like Midsummer was a 10 out of 10. I, there's just not no, a bad, it wasn't, that was a it was an 11 out of 10. <laughs> that, a, that movie's a, a masterpiece. The Shining's a 10 out of 10. I mean, the Conjuring's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, there's just Animal certain creation movies. creation is a 10 out of 10. There's just certain movies, but, um, that's high up there for me, though. It's definitely a 9 out of 10. I'm giving it 8.8 .8 pink praying mantises out of 10. Oh, God, those were those were pretty fucked up. Those are so pretty, though. They were gorgeous, but they were fucked up. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I would give it you a know, 9, since, but since... I, I'm knocking off two points just because of the length. <laughs> yeah, the length. Um, You know, there could also be... A little bit of stale acting, I think. A couple from, times. From a couple of people. It was a little, eh, okay, what was that? Uh, but yeah, all the, so that that's why it would only knock off one point for me. It's just just a few subtle things. Could have been a tad bit shorter. There was some, some, some stale bits in between where I'm like, yeah, I don't really. Um, but otherwise, everything else, and of course, being a Lovecraft fan was just spot the fuck on for me, so... I yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. 8.8 .8 I feel like is more than reasonable. Um and I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope if you didn't watch it yet, you do watch, watch it after it. this, even though we gave you a shit ton of spoilers, but we did say we that gave was you coming. All the spoilers. <laughs> we did say that was coming. Um but yeah, it's it's worth it. It's great. Um and again, Horror Babble has an audio story out there if you guys want to listen to the original HP Lovecraft adaptation. Um, or you can just, you know, simple search on Spotify or um, Audible. If anybody uses Audible out there to download audiobooks, just a simple search of The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. Also, um, if you guys don't have Shudder. And, and the Dunwich Horror. For the love of God, if anybody has never, if you get hooked on H.P. Lovecraft and you want to hear the Dunwich Horror after, that is another one of my favorite, 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 like, I would say the color out of space, the Dunwich Horror, the Call of Cthulhu. Listen to those three if you want to get into some, Lovecraft, into some Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. Also get sure. Shutter. And if you oh yeah, you gotta get Shutter. You have a friend. You have a friend. We that all have has Shutter. We all do. We all have a friend. Find that friend. Find a friend. Find a photo friend. Just put it out there on Instagram. I don't know if people do that. Like anybody love me, just like. DM me your 
fucking Hulu password, whatever. Well, I mean, I give Becky my Shutter stuff, and she gives me her Discovery Plus stuff. See, this is what you do. You 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 give and you take. That's what you do. I will do. trade you your Netflix for your. Because <laughs> listen, I about had a fucking aneurysm when I got on Discovery Plus, and it had every single episode season of Ghost Adventures. I have Girl, seen it. I died. I have seen them all. Oh, I have too. But I freaked the. I've fuck been out. watching from the start. But yeah, it, it that that was one of my selling points where I was like, oh my god, it's got not only it's not only is it gonna be airing the new episodes, it's got all of the. And if you guys love like, me and hubby love Food Network too. So Food <laughs> Network's on there, and you know you get your good eats, get your Out and Brown, you get all from shout out to Danielle, our Danielle. Oh, I was like, I know, which day? Because I know she's an Out and Brown fan. So uh, <laughs> you get all the, because they're rebooting Good Eats. I miss her so much. You're rebooting Good Eats. <laughs> so you get all the new episodes and then they go all the way back to the first season of the original show. So that's what I love about this. Like, it's it was kind of that all last. And things in between, too. Everything. Everything. If you love fucking true crime and paranormal shows and you don't have Discovery Plus get on it it's fucking five dollars a month and the ads are like a Shutter minute long five. like it love it without the ads it's seven but i'm fine with the ads i don't give a shit don't also care. perfect segue into um what next week is about hell yeah if you haven't seen the ghost adventures cecil hotel episode i highly suggest it even though zach annoyed me a little bit in that episode i quite a bit. agree um because i'm literally sitting there going just watch the documentary. Just watch the documentary. Just wa watch the documentary. But everything else they did that wasn't about Elisa Lamb was actually pretty cool. I really liked that episode quite a bit. Um, but we are going to be talking about the Cecil Hotel next week. And no, we are not focusing solely on Elisa Lamb. Like Ghost Adventures did. <laughs> Right. Um, we want to talk about the actual history of the Cecil Hotel, which the documentary guys, goes into, which was really good. Wait, the Netflix one? The Netflix one. Yeah, the one. Netflix one is really, is, the Netflix one is incredible. It's very good. And um, and yeah, I would still watch that Ghost Adventures one, because yeah. I think that goes more into the paranormal aspects. The Netflix one, especially because it's a four-parter, and especially in the last episode, it goes more into uh, Elisa Lamb. Uh, disappearance disappearance what well, happened? just her mental state and all of that uh but there i know that we kind of have all figured out that wasn't necessarily tied into her death per se but that place is 100 percent fucking haunted that whole fucking area is evil there is so much Skid Row is such a terrible, just, oh my god, it's such a sad, awful place. And it's just, it's literally where the mentally ill who become homeless have been dumped for years. And it's, it's so such sad. a sad place. And there's just so much sadness. The whole thing is sad and it's negative and there's so much evil energy and... 
Also, so also, before anybody fucking asks, this is on the list with fucking Bobby Mackey's hell to the no. Where will Casper and I ever be stepping foot in the goddamn that's Cecil a, Hotel? That's no, so that's no, a no. no, hell no to the no, no, no. That's not happening. I don't want to go anywhere near California. Well, I mean, LA, that whole area, period. Not necessarily California, but I don't want to fucking go to LA, period, right now, let alone anywhere near Skid Row, because the whole fucking area is a goddamn homeless encampment with COVID and everything. But I'm definitely not going to anywhere like that. It's just, it's evil fucking energy, just like Bobby Mackey's. And demons are no. Demons are a no. No. And I don't even know if there's, I don't, there may not even necessarily be demons there, but there is definitely demonic energy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely demonic energy. Not to sound Out of exact, all of this but there's shit definitely fucking demonic that's energy. That's happened there. There's no way that you're not going to have negative energy. No. No fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way. Too many deaths for for too long. Literally since the, I think, what did they say, like a year after it opened? It was the first suicide? (laughs) Not even a year? (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, we're going to talk about, and if you guys haven't seen the the, uh, four-parter documentary on Netflix, I highly suggest it. Um, If you're definitely curious about what happened to Elisa Lamb, it really helps explain. I kind of like how the documentary did it too, because it started off like mystery, like what the hell happened. Like you were when you saw the original viral video, and by the end of it, you're like, oh, like it's it's so pretty much cut and dry. Well, um, I just think the cops kind of fucked. I I don't. I, that video just should have never been released. That's it should my have. personal opinion. No, it should have. I think a lot of you will agree after you watch this and come to your own conclusions about what eventually happened to her. I don't think it ever should have been released. But um. But yeah, we're gonna talk about the it's history called of the, the hotel. It's called Crime Scene: The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. That is the documentary that is on Netflix. That was directed by Joe Berlinger. Uh, he did the one about um. Ted Bundy. Thank you. Well, he also is, uh, he originally did the uh, Paradise Lost movies about the uh, West Memphis Three. That's how I came to know about Joe Berlinger and then later did the Ted Bundy tapes and now the one about uh, Elisa and the Cecil Hotel. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I was completely fascinated by this story when it first came out, as I'm sure everybody was. It just, it captured the world. Um and this was done very well. This docu- I think I think this documentary was done very well. I think not only for the history of the Cecil, but also for uh, Elisa's family. I think this was really, really well done. And watch the Cecil Hotel episode of Ghost Adventures too. Yeah, for it's sure. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. He goes in a lot more into the uh, the ghosts about the hotel and the. Uh, the Richard Ramirez connection, you know, obviously. Dude, that was fucking Obviously, we're going to talk about that. um, (laughs) For sure, yeah, so. Well, make sure you turn in that, turn in, turn in. Do everything. Turn, turn, turn. turn. (laughs) (laughs) How fucking harmonized. That was great. Tune in next week. Um, Of course, you know, we have our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Don't Fuck With The Original. If you would like to give us a follow, not if, go do it. Yeah, there is no ifs. Just do it. So go follow us on... 
<laughs> iTunes, I, knew, I knew what you were. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Of course, leave us a review on Google or on iTunes. You know, wherever you can do that, and um, rate us, of course. And um, is that it? Oh yeah, the email dfwto eighty four ninety three at gmail Of course, if you want to say hey or have any thing you would like to say, as always. I just have one question. Am I not pretty enough? Oh my god, I gotta watch that fucking <laughs> movie. But I think, do we get every? Do we get the socials and the stuff? I just did. The, okay. Am I not pretty enough? <laughs> is my heart? <laughs> I guess is that just gonna be our? We need to just make that our fucking movie next month because we gotta talk about it. We have, have to we talk not? about oh, it. Oh no, I just no, did, we I have just did it. the movie review on it. That's why. I did the, that you was the, one that they voted for. Right. Well, we need to just, we just need to do a podcast episode about Speaking it. Speaking of that, it. Paranormal Activity is the one that was chosen for tomorrow. Yay. I was kind of hoping the third one would get chosen, but it did not do very well. <laughs> I like, had a feeling it was going to be the first one. I was Just hoping. something told me it was going to be the first one, which is fine. I mean, hey, that fucking movie still to this day. So great. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. This is a hotel. Okay, bye. bye. Have a good week. Bye. Am I not pretty? <laughs>